no. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to After Service. If you uh, are looking, you'll notice that um, our, uh, our faces are not where they're supposed to be on the screen. That's my fault. I Is re- the titles backwards? Am no, I no, Joe I, today? I resized the screen, which results in it resizing on the... <laughs> <laughs> on you know uh, the the program that we're using, so uh, folks, I apologize. I, I'm getting Brian back to the right size on the screen. There we go. Oh, I was like little bitty tiny thing. Yeah, you were like this weird thing up in the corner. So now you're fine. So, hey, it's <clears throat> another episode, and Whoa. <laughs> and welcome to our imperfection of after service at Open Door Community Church. I'm Joe, and we have Pastor Brian. Say hello, sir. Hello, sir. And Brian's sporting a nice mason jar of water in the background just to keep his whistle yeah. wet. Yeah, because I, yeah, I got this. I'm not sick at all. I just, yeah, weird, just a weird, weird little tickle. Oh. You know, I think that is is that we are almost to spring, and there it we've had some warmer days. Well, you might have some allergies working there. Oh, I take allergy medication now every day. Yeah, it's one of the joys, right? One of the yeah. Joys. Yeah. Well, I went through this surgery, some of you know, and one of the things they did in, in the whole process is they had to do an allergy test. Turns out I'm allergic to grass. Oh, well, there you go. And of course, now that those things are cleared out a bit more, there's just all the more space for the... Uh, and I can for tell. The, yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah. yeah. There was a couple of nights where I didn't take it. And the first time was no big deal. And then the second time I real I woke up and I just like I was completely clogged, snoring like crazy. And I went, Oh, this is what it is. Yeah. So I got up and took it and Kathy was grateful. <laughs> sure. Well isn't it one of the most um peaceful kind of <clears throat> feelings when you recognize that something's not right and you know what the answer is? Oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah, of course that's the problem. There's there's plenty of times when Vanessa will have like a tough night of sleep. She's like, why am I sleeping so bad? And realize, oh, I didn't take my meds. You know, where there's an answer. Uh, Answers are nice. Yeah, and when there's not an answer, that's, it's almost better to get bad news knowing that it represents an answer than to, to not, to have something that's kind of, just ongoing where you, there's no idea why it exists, but yep. Yeah. So. Well, all right. Uh, yeah. Well, there's, Go a, ahead. That, well, there was something else I was going to say, but it's, uh, Oh yes. Here. I just want to acknowledge that this Sunday is spring forward. So we lose an hour. Yep. We are entering spring, which means that we're getting that we're getting more daylight. And for you and me, that's great news. That's really good. Oh yeah, I, yep. it's you know I, I I like the fact that when I wake up there's a I can tell the sun's coming up. That's great, and I know I'm going to lose that for a little while. But the fact that the sun will be out till six thirty or seven now, you know, I is, just this is the turning point. This yeah. is the glorious day. <laughs> it is. It's also pie day. It, it's also pie sun pie day. You know, it's three fourteen. That's right. Oh. And Jessie has this big thing she's doing where everybody who comes to church is going to get their own personal little pie. Really? Yeah, it's about this big. Yeah. Is she Seriously, making them or is she? Day. No, no. She, there's a store. I don't remember which store it is nearby that makes these itty bitty little like four inch pies that, uh, yeah. All right. So it's personal. Uh, yeah, but I get it. Yeah, 3.14. 
Pi uh, Day. Uh, uh, yeah, Pi Day. I'm like, Pi Day. Those are things I just don't <laughs> think much about, but uh, sure. Well, that's cool because I'll be there. In fact, um, this is this would also be this Sunday would I think would be the one year anniversary of when we started to do remote services. Is it really? And it's the business meeting. Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> well, at least it's right, Pi Day. At least stuff. it's Pi Day. Okay, so let's talk about the service. So <laughs> yes. Give, so do you want to give me the elevator speech on this, or uh, what did you hear? Uh, this is I really like this story. This is the storm, and of course it's mm -hmm. Mark four, but I can't remember the specific thirty five to forty one. Okay. And uh, this is one of those stories that I've heard over and over again. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think when I first heard this story or my, my first recollection of the story, it's if you just had faith, you wouldn't sink in the water. You, oh, that's, that's a different one. That's a different. One. But I mean, just that's the, that's the walking on the water. Right. Similar point, though. Yeah. Um, but I, I just get that sense of, come on, guys, if you knew who I was. This wouldn't be that big a deal. That, that's that, that's kind of my initial thought. You know, it's kind of surface level. Um, but uh, and Sam's laughing in the background, which is great. You guys can't hear it, but I enjoy it. Um, but the what I got out of it is, I think what's what stands out to me as much as anything is authority. And I don't know mm. if that was what you intended necessarily, but when I hear mm. oh it is. The, the idea that Jesus is like, hey, knock it off. It, it immediately made me think of my dad, you know, when he got that tone in his voice that said, uh, and I, the way I describe it to my, to my kids is I'll say, be careful. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. It's basically like, listen, you're coming to the edge and you're going to make me mad. Knock it off. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with the storm. Jesus is like, knock it off, you know, and, uh, and I appreciate that because there's something very comforting about authority, about someone who has such command over a given situation that even though you have chaos all around you, you know that there is something stable at the center that will keep you safe. It, it kind of goes back to last week where we talked about when we know the ending, there's peace, right? Well, when you know that right. you, if somebody told you that no matter how the ship rocks, no matter what happens, you're going to be safe. It'll be scary. You know, that roller coaster ride, you know, that they built to scare you, to thrill you. But at the end, you know that they designed it to keep you safe. But in this case, it's the ultimate safety. So that, mm. that, that, that authority there, that structure is another way I think about it that, it, that is provided, keeps, um, makes me feel very safe. So that's, yeah, that definitely is there. Yeah. The authority, the, the sense that Jesus is so much bigger than we think he is mm -hmm. so much more grander. Um, and he isn't safe in the sense that he, he's powerful, right? But he's, he's a safe Harbor because he cares yeah. So there's all that. There's the identity, the authority, the are you actually thinking I care about you or not? Because that was the question that they asked. In a certain sense, this is a pretty simple story. Um, and and I think 
I think I think it's easy to just get a simple answer, but then thinking through more carefully and with it was where's where my challenge was for this week. What is the application? Where 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 does it go? Right. Um, this coming week, that's not the case. It's a it's a very convoluted, very lot mm. of subtleties are happening in the lot next of story. Nuance. Okay. Lot of nuance. But this one is, yeah, it's a straightforward. I mean, we could pull in the background piece. That was something that I think people easily miss. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's something that that. In fact, I wouldn't mind to go there. But let, what did you have that you? What questions did you want to ask? I actually had somebody ask me a question about the service, so in the passage. But what, did you have any questions? I don't know if I had any questions. I I, I really. Well, as I mentioned during the service, for those of you who were watching the service, I, it made me think of, very specifically, of being in Texas. I didn't go into this much detail during the service, but in Texas, when Marissa was seven years old, we, we went there. It was her first time on a plane. It was her first time going there. We went out to uh, the Bay House, which is uh, on the Gulf of Mexico, uh, this uh, little house that Vanessa's parents uh, would stay in, and she got a sliver and it was it hurt right right and we're like well we have to get the sliver out and um you know so we got a needle and heated it up to make sure it was you know sterilized and she was freaking out you know and you know it it was disarming to me that that she didn't trust that i had her best interest in mind so when i hear that you know, don't you care about us? Like, why, why would you let this happen to us? It made me think of that. But it also makes me think about, you know, how sometimes we feel when life is really hard, when right. things just keep going wrong. I had a conversation today with uh, one of my clients who in 2020, her husband was driving in downtown Pittsburgh and a deer in downtown Pittsburgh ran in front of the car and totaled the car. And then, uh, and then a couple of weeks later, their other car was totaled and not anybody's fault. It's just bad circumstances. And there's just a question of like, I don't know what else you want to hit me with, you know? And, and that's the, don't you care for me? If right. you cared for me, why would you, why would these things be happening? And that's where I come back to that idea of the authority is that if we recognize that we're in a safe vehicle, you know, that we're mm -hmm. with him that we are, we are protected. He does care for us, even if we don't understand why he's working the way that he does. Right. But I get the idea of like, Hey, Hey, if you cared about me, uh, aren't you, aren't you going to help us? You know, that, that right. that's hard. Uh, and I guess if I was going to ask a question around that, it would be, you know, how, how, how do you maintain grace when you feel like God is not listening to you in the midst of your hardship? That's a big question, but. You know, and, and I'm not, I'll give you my answer, how I respond. I think it's the right biblical answer, but it's, um, I don't want it to sound like a platitude, but in the end, you got to go, I trust you. And I think the lament mm -hmm. formula, if I, if it, I, you know, one of the things I've learned in the last couple of years is you really there's there's always something to lament. There's always something to grieve. And whether it's 
just that your car got wrecked or that you, you know, they're out of milk at the grocery store. There's always some frustration there. Yeah. Some, something that didn't happen the way you want. And, and going to God, the, the biblical formula for doing this pattern is you got to go to God and say, God, this is what's happening. This is how I feel about it. I'm upset about it. I'm grumpy about it. Yeah. Tell him how you really feel. And then you, you know, what I want him to do. And then, but you got to finally end up with going, but I believe you, I believe you're good. And I have had times in my life where I've had to just simply go, God, I don't see your goodness or your authority in this circumstance. I can't see it. And I just have, and I had to just go, but I'm going to believe it anyhow. I'm going to, I'm going to trust that you're true to your word even if I can't see it. And there was this old song, you probably remember it's the line, and there's a line in it that goes something like, when you can't, when you can't see his hand, trust his heart. I don't know if you remember, that was probably 10, 15 years ago. Nope, no but idea. Yeah, it was one of those Christian pop songs that most of which we despise because they're <laughs> sappy. Um, but I think that's what it gets down to. You, you gotta, you gotta be real with Jesus, but you, in the end, you just gotta go, I trust him. Well, and there certainly isn't any point in trying to pretend that you're anything but struggling or because he already knows. knows. It's, it's already clear. Uh, that, that's why I get, into it. I get frustrated with people pretending like, like everything's okay when it's clearly not. It's not. Uh, you, you um, yeah, you do us a disservice. I think. Well, what was the question that you heard? I, I'm I'm very curious about the question that was posed to you. It's not not a huge one. Yeah. It's actually kind of a minor little technical thing. Um, it was a two parter. Two part. One is is in the last verse, there was, um, they said, um, who is it? The 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 verse goes something. I think I got it. Like is like, who is this that the winds and the and the waves obey him that word him and their question is why is it him capitalized Mm -hmm. that's it you know because it's talking about god they're talking about jesus who is god incarnate you know and 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 i said i i I told them i said this is a really common thought that they they're supposed to capitalize things like, like that um but it's not there in the Greek. It's not, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you want a capital in English, it has to be a proper name or a title. And and there, it's neither of those things in this case. There's no def- definite article. It's not the him, you know, to make him a title. If it was the, it was, if it was the God, maybe you could do it in that case. So it's just a common misunderstanding. Um, and I, but I think some people wonder about that so i wanted to bring that that one up so that's interesting you know and not to not to uh rabbit trail or anything but i remember talking maybe 10 years ago with a non-christian who was seeking a bit wanted to started just started decided to start reading the bible uh from the beginning and i don't know why he decided to start from the beginning probably because he thought maybe it reads like a book or something like that but one of his questions was, I don't understand why, you know, 
at some point, uh, we start capitalizing like, um, like God was in all caps, not just capital G, but all caps. Um, or the, the Lord, the word, the L-O-R-D. Right. right. And it's like. Which uh, was also their question. <laughs> oh, it was. Okay. Well, and, and I had yes. to look it up because, but, but my understanding, and you tell me if this is correct, was that was when they, in the original language, were using the name, the, the proper name of God, his name, <laughs> Yahweh. Um, right. That instead it was just instead of the Lord is a generic term, it was I'm using his name very specifically. Is that right? Right. That's exactly okay. it. Yeah. It, it's his personal name that we don't know exactly how we pronounce it. Typically, we, we say Yahweh today, but we don't know for sure that that's exactly it. But right. yeah, that's what that word is. And, and, and the, the Jews at that time would never say his name. They would always say the Lord, and they all know who we're talking about. Right, right. Because it, it, his name is too, rever too, too holy to actually state. So it's translated instead of Yahweh, it, they translate it L-O-R-D. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so that was one of the questions, because people don't know, but people don't know this stuff. And that's not a bad thing. It's just they just don't know. So. Yeah. Well, there's so much. I always come back to the word arrogance and I, and I, I apologize for that, but there is so much that you can know that we will never know despite our best efforts. Uh, and it's, you sh it doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Uh, you, you should endeavor to learn more. Uh, we were talking about our dads just before we started. And one of the things that I really, I took from my dad and his, his last, uh, you know, weeks here was that he, and he didn't try to share this with me. It's just something I noticed is that he didn't ever stop trying to improve himself as a person, even knowing that he had days left. He was always hmm. trying to do something better and, you know, reaching the ideal of Christ, you know, we're, we're not going to get there. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't every day just try to do a little bit better. Now I rabbit trailed us, but uh, on that a bit, because it's not specific to what we were talking about, but that's that's something that really resonated with me. I think, but but I, here's a good little segue for that: is there is always something to learn about the Bible, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people who just they take a surface reading of something or something they've learned when they were you know younger, and they go, "Well, that's what it means," and they move on, and they don't actually dig into the text and try and understand it at a deeper level. Um, and, and this is an example where someone is trying to learn it deeper, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, 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 ex and going back to the passage, um, one of the things that, that I wanted, and I think I did bring that out decent enough is, is some of the, the, the contextual cultural background of the passage that, that Baal worship is, is in the picture here even if he's not named and we as modern people don't see it. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that, that's something I had a couple of people say, I did, I've never seen that before. Right. So that whole co context uh, is a big deal. I, I was actually thinking earlier today, I think I was, uh, I was watching an explanation of the recording of the sound of silence by Simon and Garfunkel. And during an interview, as Paul Simon was explaining some of his rationale, but 
behind choosing certain lyrics and stuff, you could tell that it was very um, rooted in the context of life in the 60s, um, coming out of the Vietnam War uh, and the way that music was shaped and the way that we were interacting with people that, you know, without the context of that, then there's things that are lost in why he wrote the song the way he the way that he did. And so if if that's only 50 years back, 60 years back at this point, then, you know, think about 2000 years right. and uh, uh, the the things that were going on at that time and that the things that we miss when we try to project our own culture on the culture of the Bible and the culture of those stories that um, we kind of soil the uh, maybe the, the, the intent the intended purpose of that by projecting our own culture onto it. I think that's the toughest part of what you do is to say, okay, here's what it meant here. Here's why it was important. Here's why it was presented this way. Okay. Then how do we translate that to the way that we function in our world? Uh, what's, right. what's the equivalent for, for us? Um, that, and that's something I appreciate about what you've kind of, as you've mentored me on that stuff is how do we, how do we do that? Uh, how do we bring that forward? So I didn't know about the Baal worship stuff either, but I'm certainly not surprised by it. Uh, but, uh, you know, unless you dug in, how would you know? How would you know? Yeah, and I think I think we sometimes, even, even good Christians today, think that the correct context of the Bible is the, you know, is today. Or that it's even if it's you know in the Middle Ages, it, it's it's not. It's first century Judaism, is or or earlier if we're talking more of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. and and so we need to we need to as one of my authors that I like says we need to have the first century Jew living in our head, and part of that is just that's the that's the job of good teachers is to help bring that stuff out of what's going on there. Now, can you get the basic idea? Well, yeah. You could, and we, and, but to really bring out the full impact is to try and get what's going on in the text, and and we do want to know what's in the text, and that that is a rabbit trail. If we if you wanted to, we could go down to is, you know, is that we're trying to understand what the author wants versus what we think. And too often, Bible study is about. I could really rail on this one. Is the Bible <laughs> study? What does it mean to me? Um. It doesn't matter what it means to you first. It needs to mean what did the author mean? And then what is it? How does it affect my life? What's the implications for my life? That is where we need to go. But mm -hmm. cult, the, the culture, one of the questions I wanted to have for you is, because one of the things I said in, in, is, that, is that the enlightenment may be, maybe is wrong in, mm -hmm. in that things like these folklores these these image these these stories about Pan and Baal and Zeus and all these things that they're just tales. How does that resonate with you? Is that something that's a challenge to think like that? To to, to see that there might be a spiritual being behind some of these things? No, it doesn't. Actually, I th I, I thought that was refreshing. The hmm. and a lot of it is you know is I. You know, because Vanessa is a counselor, a therapist, I think about, you know, when we talk to our kids about why they're scared of something, as an adult, we have this perspective, we, you know, where we can go, oh, 
well, that's not real. It's, you shouldn't be scared of that. But for the child, it's a very real fear. And, uh, and just because we know better doesn't mean that their fear isn't legitimate. So there's something there. Uh, and also when you look at the context of, you know, from their perspective, these well, first of all, that those things can exist and do exist. That supernatural things do exist, uh, and we just um, we we give it a name, we give it an identity, and then we bring it into our you know uh, into our culture and represent it in some form. And that that's I think challenging for a lot of people um, to acknowledge that supernatural exists. Um, and I also couple that with. Even if you don't believe that or you struggle with that, that the the person's response to that is not invalid uh, mm. when their experience tells them they should respond. Okay, now I'm following you. Yeah. Yeah, it took me a while yeah. to kind of come around there, so I hope. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's – I think it's – I think it's helpful for me to think of – that you know we we today as as christians modern people would say looking at things like oh like thor or 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 the hulk for example and we go well these are obviously fake right, right. they're made up stories they're not real there's no real being behind it and to, to realize that i that i think atheists today look at jesus and all of that the same way we look at superheroes yep it's a nice story, maybe, you know, maybe he's a villain, maybe he's not. But either way, it's about as real as a comic book. And and that's that that's a little shocking to my brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and all that's happened, I think, in, in Western culture is we have said all these other folklores and all these other religions, they're just like comic books. But Jesus isn't. And it's like, but. Maybe that's not entirely the case, you know, just because the enlightenment is something we agree with generally now, that may not be true. Like the enlightenment, I'm sorry, I'm railing. And, but <laughs> like, no. we believe in progress. We believe that, that, that everything is getting better and better and better, but that's not necessarily the case in the 20th century should have taught us that with the genocides and the world war twos and the Holocausts and, are we really getting better? So, well, this is something I have to tell you that I, I, I struggle with almost on a daily basis. First of all, uh, one of my, one of the, the things I struggle the most with is condescension. When somebody condescends to me is, Oh, look at you. You don't, you know, look how, look at you. You're a fool. You don't understand. Uh, there's a pride in me. That's like, don't do that to me. Uh, and, and I find that a lot of intellectuals who are non-Christians do that to Christians. Like, well, you must be not very smart or incredibly right. naive. Uh, and and that's, I guess that's why I appreciate C.S. Lewis, because here's a, an extraordinary intellectual uh, that came to accept Christ because of the facts, because right. of you know the accuracy of the history and, and, and the evidence that, that is presented right. there. And, and so he's I, not alone. Right. Uh, and, and and so when there's people out there who I don't want to name that are like, oh, look at you, you must be just stupid. You know, that bothers me because, you know, 
I can be intelligent. I can be evidentiary and recognize that Christ exists. He's not a myth. But there are myths. That there are people who believed things um, despite, uh, you know, evidence in some way. You know, it, I struggle with that a lot. Yeah, I can see. I, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's how is it to, to, to those folks? How can people go to the same universities, have the same degrees, work in the same buildings, just as intellectual as anybody else, and yet come have the same evidence and yet come to a completely different conclusion about whether or not there's a God? I have a theory, and we're almost out of time, but I'll throw this out there that whether you're Christian or not Christian, if at some point you decide that you've learned enough, you've got the information you need and I don't need to stretch myself any further. I don't need to learn anymore. I think at some point there are people like they go to college, they take their comparative religion class and they've they go... They've settled that question. They've settled that question and they stop they stop learning. I think as a Christian, we should never stop trying to learn. We should never stop digging into things. We're only going to find new, more wonderful things and have a better understanding of our faith and uh, uh, um, a greater faith. That, uh, and if you're struggling, and I'm learning more about Christian artists that are friends of mine uh, that I've interviewed and stuff that no longer identify as Christian, um, because they, you know, and just never stop seeking that to me. Is so I think important. You, I think so. I think, I think a lot of it, another way of saying a similar thing that I think it's, is it gets down to presuppositions and assumptions mm -hmm. Yeah. that, and, 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 and one of the, probably the biggest ones is, is that they don't want to learn anymore. Sometimes it's a hurt. Oh, Sometimes yeah. it's like, this is too painful for this to be true so it's not true and so yeah. i'm going to answer the question and i'm going to be done with the question whether i am just not going to consider the evidence and it's the same thing with there's so many presuppositions so many assumptions that we have such as there aren't spiritual beings besides god um uh, that, that that blinds us to possibilities and, and we yeah. need to be careful about that. And that's part of what Bible study ought to do. Bringing it all the way back to the end is, is to challenge your presuppositions, to see what you're assuming to be true about a passage or about what God believes or what you think about something and, and going, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, it's time to wrap up. I have some wonderful Indian curry in the other room that I can't wait to eat. Um, this has been a good conversation. I hope folks have enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you on Pi Day on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And uh, and for those of you who are truly adventurous, the business meeting after the service. <laughs> It'll be short, All right. I hope. <laughs> All right, folks. If you have questions, make sure you s submit them. Uh, you can submit them through the Facebook page. Um, you can also send them to office at opendoorcommunity.cc. Any final words, sir? Oh, yeah. Keep keep pressing in. There's so much there to learn. All right. Take care, folks. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Appreciate you. Take care.